0: Go to Mark 11, please. For some weeks now, we've been on this subject of faith to receive. Faith to receive. And we're still on that this morning in Mark 11, 22. Jesus walked up to a fig tree to see if it had any fruit on it. Somebody said, didn't he already know? Apparently not. That's why I want to walk over and see. The Bible said he went to see if there was anything on it. Right? But well, so Well, he's God. He already knew. He was God. He is God. But the Bible said he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and became like other men. And he operated as a man in the earth. So no, he didn't know. But when he went there, I mean, uh, one Bible encyclopedia tells us that in that part of the country, that tree, that time of the year, if it had a show of leaves in its size, it should have had some kind of fruit on it. So it had a show of fruit and no fruit. It was a lion fig tree. <laughs> and nothing makes you more annoyed than when you're hungry and the fruit trees say, I got fruit and you show up. And there's no fruit there. (laughs) Well, lion fig tree, he spoke. He said, nobody eat fruit of you from now on. You dry at the wrong time. And uh, the next day, the disciples saw it and remarked. They said, Lord, look how quickly that fig tree dried up. It dried up from the roots. Something started where you couldn't see when he spoke. And the leaves, which were what everybody could see out here, was the last thing to change. How many know there's a valuable lesson there? How does faith operate? Every time faith begins in the unseen realm, doesn't it? If you are healed by faith, if you get your money and your bills paid by faith, you get your answers by faith, whatever it is, it starts unseen. In the unseen realm. If you'll stay with it. Then what is seen and felt will change. And so Jesus took that as an opportunity to teach them. And us about it. If as some theologians teach and say. If Jesus was the way they say he is. He'd have said. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Now don't try this at home. (laughs) You see I'm the son of God. And I can do this. Because I made this to start with. And I can talk to it and change it if I want to. But now this doesn't work for you. You just be impressed. <laughs> and they wouldn't say it in those words, but numerous people believe something along that line. And yet, why did Jesus teach them? In Matthew 21, if you read Matthew's account of it, 21. Chapter 21, verse 21, 22, he said it like this. He said, if you'd have faith and don't doubt, you would not only do what is done to the fig tree, but you could say to that mountain, be removed. Is he telling them they could have done that? Hmm. That's not the whole crowd. I just got through quoting Bible now. Was he telling them they could have done what he just did? And that's the thing much of the church world has never been willing to believe. But around here, we believe it. If Jesus tells us we can do it, we believe we can do it. We believe the works he did, we can do also. And greater works than these, he said, you'll do because they go to my Father. We believe it because he said so. Even if it seems big to our head, if he said so, we believe it because he's right. He knows. And so when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, the just shall walk by faith, that's what it's talking about. We are to live like this every day of our lives. How? Like Jesus operated. Like he dealt with that fig tree. Like he spoke to the wind and the waves. Like he spoke to demons that were causing people problems. He spoke to fevers. He spoke to things. And they obeyed him. And he told us we could do it. Didn't he? Many Christians are not. But he told us we could. Told us we should. Keep reading. Mark 11. 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What's the understood subject? You. You have faith. It's obvious he has faith in God. He just demonstrated it. But he said, you have faith in God. In other words, you have faith like I have faith. You do what I do. You do this too. Keep reading. For verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, not just Jesus, but anybody, that would say, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Glory to God. Is he talking to us? Is he telling us we can do this like he did? Now, what do folks say? Ah, now, I just don't go for all that, that confess it and possess it and all that stuff I don't go for. Well, if it was true what we're saying, then it wouldn't work for you because of that reason. If it did work by faith, it would explain why it doesn't work for you. Because you don't believe it. These signs, Jesus said, will follow those that believe. Not those that question it, that doubt it, find fault with it. But those that believe it. He went on to say, verse 24, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Well, man, this goes out beyond the fig tree and the mountain. this How much ground does this cover? Whatever you desire. What if you desire healing? What if you desire money to pay your bills? Whatever you desire, here's what you do. Who's talking? Tell me who's talking here. Jesus, the head of the church. Does he know what he's talking about? Is he right? What did he tell us to do? Whatever you're desiring. When you pray. Do this. Jesus said, do this. Believe that you receive them. Them what? what you them things you desired and asked for. Not enough just to want something. It's not enough just to need it. And he didn't tell us to beg for it. He said when you he did, he could have very easily said, when you pray, beg and beg sincerely. <laughs> Couldn't he have said that? If he had wanted to, if that would have been what we're supposed to do, and then we shouldn't be talking about, you know, believing we receive. We should be talking about begging earnestly. And I'd be preaching on begging earnestly. And then we'd act on it. And if he said howl and beg, brother, we'd be the howlinest begging his church in town. But he didn't say that and he didn't tell us to do that. So why are millions doing that? Because men have taught them that. And people have taken the traditions instead of the Word of God. And they believe that more than they do this. And millions are ignorant of the Bible, they stay out of the Bible and let other people tell them what to believe and think. It's a terrible tragedy. And so their traditions have made the Word of God of none effect in their life. He didn't tell us to beg and plead and howl. What did he tell us to do? When you pray, come on, tell me what Jesus, the head of the church, said. When you pray, believe, not just anything very specific, believe that you receive them and what will happen? He could have said, The Father will take it under consideration. Couldn't he? (laughs) He could have said any number of thousands of things. He could have said, and just leave it with us and we'll decide. (laughs) He could have said, and if it's the will of God. He could have said all kind of things. But tell me what he said. He said, whatever it is you're wanting, whatever it is you're desiring, whatever it is, whatever it is. Jesus, the head of the church, is talking to us. Whatever it is. When you pray, you believe that you receive it. When? When you pray. When you pray, do what? Believe. Believe what? Believe you receive it. And Jesus said, you do that and you shall have it. I'm talking about the Alpha, the Omega. The one who's sitting at the right hand of majesty on high. The one who's about to come again. Said, you do this, you shall. Have it. Glory. Jesus said it. We looked up that word, that word believe that you receive. See, a lot of people are believing a lot of things, but they're not believing they receive. Oh, I believe God is real. I believe God is powerful. I believe God can do anything. That's great. But that's not what he said believe. Hmm? Some go further. I believe God wants me to have it. I believe Jesus bought and paid for it. I believe it belongs to us in him. That's wonderful. But that's not what he said to believe. What did he say believe? Believe that you receive receive them. And we looked up that word receive. It literally means take. Same word in the same King James Bible is translated take. Same word, take. Believe that you take them, not believe you're going to get them. Not believe that some way, somehow, if it's God's will, he'll do it. He could have said believe that. He didn't say believe. What did he say believe? Believe that right then and there while you're praying. You believe that you take it. That's where the church has fallen down. Right? Right? Because they're believing other stuff and doing other stuff. They're not doing that. Believe that you take it. Now you are not going to be bold to believe you take it. Unless first you're convinced it's God's will for you to have it. Or that he has already bought it and paid for it. And given it to you. You've got to know that. You've got to have that settled in your heart. That's why you've got to know the will of God. Before you can pray the prayer of faith. You've got to know the will of God. Before you can pray the prayer of faith. How are you going to know the will of God? How are you going to find it out? So you got millions of Christians. They are letting the outside circumstances tell them what the will of God is. Aren't they? Well if it happens that meant it was the will of God. If it didn't happen that meant it was the will of God. So they're getting their information about the will of God. From stuff that has already happened in a world where there's a devil and crazy people and the curse, assuming that everything that happens and doesn't happen is the will of God for you is ignorant. That's why Ephesians says, Don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is, do we have a responsibility to find out His will? Or to just bump through life and go, well, Lord, you know, whatever happens, I'll just take that as your will. Because I'll just assume that nothing could happen except it was your will. And so if it's good or bad or indifferent, or if it happened, it was your will. If it didn't happen, it was your will. And we may not understand it, but we'll just try to submit to it. It's your will. Because you just never know what God's going to do. And the implication is, you can't know. You can't know. So let's just rock along the best we can. This is untrue. That's right. I said, this is untrue. This is not right. This is not the Bible. God gave us yes. a Bible. Yes. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Our personal teacher who lives inside us 24-7. Yes. And he gave gifts unto men. He gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Why? To show us the will of God. So we don't go bumping around saying, well, you just never know. (laughs) Now, I know you've heard me say that many times and people laugh, but why do I keep saying it? Because millions of Christians are living by that instead of the book. And it's costing them. I said, it's costing them. While they're wilding away, you know, assuming everything's the will of God, the devil is stealing, and he is killing, and he is destroying, and people, Christians, are blaming it on God. It could aggravate you. Somebody as good and kind and perfect as our father, my father, your father, and people attribute all these terrible things to him. Boy, it tries to rile you up. You don't want somebody talking like that about your natural dad or mom, and they've made mistakes. How much more your Heavenly Father, who has never lied to anybody, never failed anybody, right? He has always been good. Good. If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, who did Jesus say it was? He said it was the thief, the devil. Well, the father's not the thief. Go to Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We looked at this last week. I want to go further with it now. Hebrews 4, 15. Well, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest... That is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. That same word is translated confession. What does it matter what we hold fast to saying? And how's that got what's that got to do with him being our high priest? How many understand that first John talks about him being our advocate? He represents us. He's our attorney for our defense. Well, how many know that no matter how good of an attorney you got, your testimony carries a lot of weight? (laughs) You can have the best attorney that there's ever been on the earth that's never lost a case... But if you get, I mean, he can set you up, and he can plead precedent, and he can throw out everything that's against you, and he can get it all set up. But you take the stand, and you grab the rail and go, I did it. (laughs) I'm guilty of sin. I did it. How many know, you're done. I don't care who your lawyer is. You're done. (laughs) And the Lord endeavors to teach us this in the word of God. Some of us are, well, I did do it. No, listen, listen. There's something called the blood of the lamb. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are washed by the blood of the lamb, then what you did is removed from before God, the righteous judge of the earth. And he does not see it anymore. And he's the only one that matters. He's the judge. He's the only one that matters. So, no matter what you did, who's got a video of it, who's got an audio recording of it, you take the stand and you go, I plead innocent. Innocent? Yeah, by the blood of the Lamb. I plead completely innocent. I deserve no punishment. None. Because I'm innocent. Innocent. You are not innocent. Show exhibit A. And they turn it on. And it's blank. (laughs) Hallelujah. See I told you. Innocent. Why? How did that get blank? The blood of the lamb cleanses us. Washes us from all unrighteousness. Now why is that important? Well this flows into this next verse. Somebody said out loud, I have an advocate. I have have a high priest. priest. He represents me me before the Father, the the righteous righteous judge of all the earth. earth. And he works works with my testimony. testimony. Did you get this now? So is it important what we say? Yes, it's important because that's what he has to work with. How many remember the Bible said they overcame the accuser of the brethren? They overcame him how? By the blood of the lamb. And that was not all. That was not. And by what? By the word of their testimony. That may, Now the Lord provided his own blood. He's done the work. But he needs something else. He needs our Testimony. And what should our testimony be? Exactly what he said. I mean, it's like this. Maybe they caught you red-handed. They got three videos of it. They got five different camera angles. And and they got it recorded in five different languages. And, And you're sitting in the cell. But your advocate, the master, comes. He's never lost a case ever now he's had people that quit him and wouldn't work with him but he's never lost a case anybody that worked with him and he hands you a transcript it's called the holy bible he hands you this book he says now this is all you say I don't care what they say I don't care what they bring up I don't care what they try to pressure you with you say nothing but this this is all you say and he even points out to you, 2 Corinthians 5, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. God supplies all my needs. By stripes, you're healed. We're healed. Are healed. He said, That's all you say. And if we'll work with him, he's already got it said, he's already got it done. But he does work with what we say. Keep reading. Because of that, verse 16 let us therefore come what boldly Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need now this word obtain is the same word that's translated receive so we're coming boldly to the throne of grace so we can receive or take mercy and grace and help in the time of need. But this language even sounds strange to a lot of folk to come boldly before the throne of grace. Brother Keith, God is holy. He's so holy. And I've made so many mistakes and I've failed. How can I come boldly before Him? How can I even stand up in front of Him? Must us come in there boldly. To take something. Now this, friends, is where we get into some of the summary of this. Why are some people bold and others are not? I'm talking about believers, Christians. People who think about Abraham. Think about Moses. Were they bold? Hmm? Think about Abraham. <laughs> he and Sarah feed the Lord, the angel of the Lord, and who's representing and speaking for the Lord, and the angels. And then they start to leave and he walks with him. And the angel of the Lord, speaking for the Lord, said, shall I hide from Abraham what's about to happen? He told him about Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He didn't have to tell him that. Why did he tell him? To give him an opportunity to intercede. Amen. To give him a right to change it. God, he's so good. And uh, he looked at the Lord and he said, Well, you won't destroy the innocent with the wicked, will you? See, he knows he's got kin folks over there. He said, Won't the judge of all the earth do right? Now, who's he talking to? Did the Lord reprove him? No. I mean, according to some theologians, just about that time, lightning should have come out. And just left a greasy spot where Abraham was standing <laughs> and thought, The audacity of a man to dare to talk to God that way. No, that's people who don't know him. Do you know why he talked with God that way? Because he knew him like that. And this is the heart of the issue. Isn't it? Why are so many people so timid, so fearful? Boy, the Lord's helping us today, friends. He, they try to color it as though they are more reverent than the rest of us. What would they say about Abraham? I mean, I, oh, they they try to say that's okay because they know it's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but what if Abraham? Had stood up today and they didn't know all this. And he's talking to God. He said, now God, you're going to do right about this thing, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't be right to destroy the innocent with the wicked. I mean, won't the judge of the earth do right? What did the Lord say to him? Basically, he said, you're right. If I find that amount of innocent people, I won't destroy it. Because I am fair. But how could he feel at liberty to talk like this? This is boldness. Somebody say boldness. boldness. Moses, you see, him talk to the Lord that way too, right? Not in arrogance. No, no, no. They didn't hear where the line was. But see, we got millions of people. They are so timid about it. They hear us talking about, believe you receive. And they go, ah. You don't tell the Almighty what you need. He tells you what you need. And we got whole groups of Christian folk that won't even pray to the Father directly. They don't even know him well enough. They're praying to saints, which the Bible never said to do. Did you hear me? And why are people praying the saints? Because they don't think they can go directly to God. Are you with me now? And you got so many people that are so timid and so pulled back about it. Oh, no, no. I don't want to tell the Lord. He can just tell me. Why? They don't know him. That's why they're out bombarding the gates begging, pleading, wallowing instead of doing what he said come right on in to the throne of grace come boldly and take what you need so you're not going to do that unless you know him can you see this friend yes. this is the real issue people are this way because they don't know him are y'all with me? Yes. They don't know him. The Bible said in Jeremiah 9, let me just read a couple of verses to you. Jeremiah nine twenty four says, let him that glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Boy, well, if you're going to be excited about something and glory about something, it ought not be about how many cars you got or your house or... Uh, You know, what you think you know or can quote. I mean, if there's anything worth getting excited about, it's this. (laughs) You have found out something about God. And you actually know something about him personally. You know you don't know much compared to what there is to be known. And you don't claim to know all there is. But you do know something about him. You've met him. You know something about him. And this is where millions in the world don't believe us. They think we just come together and look at each other and carry on, but that God's not real and we're just imagining stuff and making stuff up. But is God real? I said, is God real? How many know that you've met him? I don't mean you didn't go to heaven, you didn't see him with your eyes, but you met him. Maybe it was an altar. Maybe you were praying by a TV, right? You gave your heart to the Lord. He touched you. You've been born again. You know you've met him. You know he's real. You know he's touched your spirit. You know it. How many would say with me, nobody can take this away from me. Nobody. I would die saying this. Nobody ever get me to say God is not real and I don't know him. I do know him. Oh, there's a lot I don't know about him. I know that. But I do I have met him. What do he look like? I didn't see him. <laughs> what do you sound like? I didn't hear him with my ears. He's a spirit. He's spirit. And in this time in life, there's going to be people that are skeptics and doubters and blasphemers and mockers, and it's going to be no need you get upset and get mad about it. Why are they that way? Because they don't know him. That's why they don't believe he's real. They haven't met him. They don't know him. It's just like if you met a human being, a person, a man or a woman, and somebody says, well, no, you know, John Brown don't exist. You say, well, I know he does. I met him. Had lunch with him. Well, no, he doesn't exist because I've never seen him. <laughs> the fact that you never met him does not prove he doesn't exist. I ate lunch with him, okay? I saw him. I shook his hand. I talked to him. I know he exists. How many understand that's being bold? Why would you be bold? Well, go, oh, you should back it down. You. Why are you so adamant? Because I saw the man. I shook his hand. Why are you bold? You're bold because you know. That's why you're bold. You're bold because you're sure. You were there when it happened. You saw it. You heard it. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. He said, this is what you are to glory about. That you understand and know me. That I am the Lord that exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Turn with me to John 17, please. John 17. John 17 and verse 3. Jesus said, This is life eternal. What? What's life eternal? This is not some man's theory. This is the master Jesus talking. This is life eternal. What? That they might know you, the only true God, and, and what? That they might know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life? Knowing God. Is there anybody really born again? That has never met God? No. When I say met God, I'm not talking about they saw him with their eyes. I'm not talking about they went to heaven. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. Anybody who's been born again knows what I'm talking about. God was real to you. Yes. Right? You got acquainted with him. You met him. He manifested himself to you. There's no such thing as somebody that's saved, born again, who doesn't know anything about God. Right. That looks on God, looks on Jesus as a historical figure like... You know, George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Napoleon or somebody that lived years ago that they never met. They don't know. And yet there are people, there are millions that go to churches in this country and Jesus is like that to them. Why? Because their preachers are not even born again. It's sad, but it's true. I've met folks that were in the ministry for decades and retired and then got born again. Well, then what about all their people? It's going to be a miracle if any of their people are born again. Because they didn't get it from church. The new birth is not preached. Knowing God is not preached. So what do they preach? They talk about God. They try to learn things about God. But they don't know him. They don't know him. How many understand that was the problem in Jesus' day? With the religious leaders of his day. He told them. He said, search the scriptures. Well, that's all they did. But he said, search the scriptures. He said, they testify of me. He said, and you, they weren't accepting him. They're rejecting him. They're saying he wasn't even of God. Why? Why? Read through the passage of John, especially the middle of John there sometime, and you'll see they got in this whole thing about them knowing God. And he told them they didn't know God. He told them they were of their father, the devil. Didn't he? And he said, the reason you don't know me is because you don't know him. If you knew him, you'd be welcoming me. Right? How many of you know it was true? If they really did know God, those Pharisees and Sadducees would have been hugging Jesus' neck yes. and kissing his feet. Yes. Yes. But the fact that they're going to try to shut him down, they're going to try to stone him, throw him off the cliff—what does that prove? It proves that though they have been in seminary all their life and they can quote the law and they can quote the Ten Commandments, they don't know God at all. Amen. I'm hungry. To know him more. I'm hungry for this church to be a church that don't just come and talk about God, a church that comes and experiences God, a church that knows him. Men and women that leave out of here on Sunday and go to work on Monday. And they know what to tell a coworker. They know what to tell a neighbor. They know how to help them. Why? Because they know the Holy One who lives inside them. And they fellowship with Him night and day. And they don't just quote rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. They know yes, Him. And it's only when you know something about Him that you're going to be bold to pray for people and believe with people for miracles. You're going to be bold. Why? Because you know Him. You know what His will is. You know what He'll do. You know what you can do. So instead of all this backpedaling and making excuses and, you know, theorizing and conjecturing about, well, God is Mystical and he might do this and uh, my, how many understand when Jesus came and preached and taught, the Bible said the people were astounded at his teaching and preaching. And what was it specifically that astounded them? He spoke with boldness. He did not preach like the seminary teachers. He spoke boldly, confidently. Why? Because he knew what he's talking about. And they hadn't heard anybody that knew what they talked about. Knew what they were talking about in centuries. Some of them. Synagogue after synagogue and generation after generation. And they had heard people getting up there theorizing and conjecturing. And maybe this and maybe that. And it's all up to God. And we just don't know. And wow. Friend, I had all that I ever want to have in my lifetime. I will leave all that behind me. And if none of us know what God wants, let's find out. Right? And believe we can find out. <laughs> and seek him till we do find out. Put our nose in this book till we do find out. And then when we do find out, be bold about it. And say, Yeah, we know what he'll do. He'll do right this right here. He said he would do it, so this is what he'll do. You're bold because you know. Let me give you four things that you should know, that you and I need to know in order to be bold. This is not the only four things you'll ever need to know. (laughs) I just said four things that you need to know in order to be bold. And what are we still talking about? We're talking about receiving you're not going to step up to the Father. You're not going to come boldly before the throne of grace and believe you receive and lay hold of a healing or lay hold of wisdom or direction or the money you need unless you know. Number one, you should know, I should know that He is God and He is good. Yes. God is good. This ought not be something we're debating about. That's right. This ought not be something anybody is conjecturing or theorizing about. How many believe absolutely, unequivocally, no question about it? He is God. He's God. He's real. He's the Almighty. He's all wise. He's all powerful. And He is good. Good. He's good. The Bible said without faith it's impossible to please Him. The one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him or diligently seek him. Secondly, you need to know this. If you're going to be bold. You have to know it. You need to know he is my father and he loves me. <laughs> Say it out loud. He is my Father and He loves me. Say that again. He is my Father and He loves me. Boy, you get this and you're strong enough, you know this strong enough, it'll make you bold. It'll cause you to quit squirming around and begging and crying and carrying on. You'll stand up on your feet like a man or woman of God. You'll begin to act like Jesus. Why? Because you know, he's not just God. He's my Father. Yes. And he loves me. He knows me individually, he knows me personally. And he loves me. I can't believe that for you. I can tell you he loves you, but I can't believe that for you. You do understand there are millions of Christians. That are not settled on this. You tell them God loves them. And they'll just cry and say. You think so? After all I've done. The mess I've been out Y'all pray for me. We can pray for you. From now on. And you don't have to believe that. Well I just. I know it said he loves me. Like he loves Jesus. But I, it's just. I can't believe that. That's a lie. That you can't believe it. You choose not to believe it. Right. Believing's a choice. Said out loud. I choose, I choose to believe, to believe that, God that God loves me. Boy, you get that in you strong. I know I got that strong in me stronger than I had in times past some years ago. I stood up on my feet in my little office because I'd been concerned about some certain issues in the whole course of my life. And I just popped up. I said, Keith's going to make it. I'm just right by myself. I said, for the Lord. I said, Keith's going to make it. Then I got stirred up and got to preaching to myself. I said, Keith is going all the way. Keith is going to run his whole course. Keith is going to finish his whole race. Keith is going to do all the will of God for Keith. Why? It ain't because Keith is so smart. It ain't because Keith has done everything perfect. It's because God loves Keith. God loves Keith so much much. that if Keith needs help, God will help Keith. Keith's messing up. He'll tell him he'll teach him. If Keith don't get it the first four times, he'll tell him again. If he's not getting it the sixth time, he'll crank up the volume. If Keith's not getting it the ninth time, he'll send three people by that also love Keith and say, Keith, (laughs) you got to get this straight. If Keith falls down 800 times, God will pick Keith up 801. And because God loves Keith, Keith's gonna make it. Now, why would I be bold to pop up and say that like that? Because it's dawning on me in an increasing fashion that this is true. This is not just theory. This is not just talk. Go with me to two places here. We could go to John 4 and 1 John 4. How can you be bold? If you know him. See, you're not going to be bold with me. If you don't know me. If you are, you're just presumptuous. If you don't know me, we got no history. We got no relationship. And you come in bold about what I'm going to do and what I ain't going to do. I'm going to say, hey. (laughs) Do you need prayer? (laughs) You forgot where you are. (laughs) But if we go way back and we know each other and you've been there for me and I've been there for you, then you could talk to me about things that other people wouldn't bring up. Oh, come on. Can you see this? You would expect, you would uh, presume things that I would do or say that other people wouldn't dare to presume. Why? Because you know me well enough to know that's what I want. That's what I'm going to do. And it's exactly that way with us and God. The more you know God. And that's, it infuriates people who don't know God. Because it shows up their lack of knowledge of Him. When somebody else that comes along and really knows Him. And steps up and is bold and says and does things and they happen. It makes the other folk mad. Because it shows it right in their face. It basically says, you don't know God very well. They know God a lot better than you do. And a lot of folk are just too proud to admit that. They're just too proud to acknowledge that. And so they're going to find fault with it and criticize it and try to knock it down. But brother and sister, if somebody knows God better than me or better than you, what should we say? Help me. How would you get to know him like that? I won't do it too, because I know he's no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for you, he'll do it for me. And all of us have enough sense to know that uh, we need to know a lot more about him. We need to learn much more about him. All of us. Much more. John 4 and 1 John 4. John 4, Jesus talked to the woman at the well. She went and told her family and her people. And verse 40, John four forty, When the Samaritans were come, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And they said to the woman, this is John four forty two. They said to the woman, now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves. And what? Oh, that's that word, isn't it? Why are people bold? They're bold because they know. And why did they say they know something now? See, they heard her talking about him. Didn't they? They heard her talking about him. And they got stirred up. But then he came. And they heard him for themselves, And they decided, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't have to go through her no more. We know him, we've heard him for ourselves, and we know. Not we're thinking, we hope so, we're, well, you just never know. We know this. Can you see that? We know, they said, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. The debate was over. The conjecture and theorizing was over. Now go to 1 John 4 if you got that place. 1 John 4. We said four things you need to know. At least these things. To be bold. What's the first one? You need to know. He's God. And He's good. Secondly, what do you need to know? He's my Father. And He loves me. Listen to 1 John 4.16. 1 John 4.16. We have known And believed the love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have what? The more you find out about how much he loves you, the bolder you're going to get. Huh? When you find out how much God loves us, you get bolder and bolder. How in the world could you or I, who's made so many mistakes, who've come so short, who knows so little, who's been so ignorant, get up, march right into the very holy of holies, the throne room of God, like we have on the place. (laughs) And say, Father, I come to get some healing. I'm just going to take me a load because I know you want me to have it. I come to take me some wisdom. I know you want me to have it, so I'm just going to take a bunch of it right here. Father, <laughs> there's no way a human being will ever be able to do that until they know God is not glaring at them from off the throne, seeing all their sins and impurities. God is not glaring, ready to judge. You'd stay out. Right? For fear and discomfort. The only reason you'd come boldly in there like that is because you know he wants you to be in there. He wants to be close to you. He wants you to have what you want to receive. You have a right to be in there. Your elder brother is sitting on the throne right there. He calls you brother. The father calls you son. He said, keep reading. He said, there is no fear in love, verse 18. Perfect love does what? Casts out all the fear. Somebody say glory to God. Number three, what you need to know, you need to know this to be bold. If you don't know it, you won't be bold. He has forgiven me and made me righteous in Jesus. Condemnation, any guilt, any shame will make you a coward when it comes to God. God. Remember Peter in the boat when he saw the great miracle of the catch of the fishes? He's had the best day of his life thus far. He's been in the greatest meeting. He's heard the greatest preaching. He's been in the presence of the Master. He's seen the greatest catch. It's their fish. It's their money. They don't even have to work next week if they don't want to. They made so much money today. And what does he say? Lord, get away from me. Get away from me because I'm a sinful man. Sin consciousness Aware of your sin and your guilt and your shame will make you pull away from God, not draw near to him. It'll make you cower, not be bold. If you're thinking about your sins while you're trying to pray, you will be ineffective. Your faith won't be there. Your boldness won't be there. You got to know. What you got to know? Tell me again. What have you got to know? He has forgiven me. And he has made me right in his eyes because of Jesus, in Jesus. If you know he's not thinking about my sin, he doesn't even see my sin. While you're trying to talk to him, you're trying to pray, you know all he sees is Jesus' rightness when he looks at you. Because you have put it on by faith. You've received it. And even all the sins you've failed and failures you've had since you received Jesus, you acknowledged them, you confessed them, and He has been faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If you're clean, you're clean. And so He's just looking at you like you never made a mistake. He's listening to you talk to Him and pray like you never did that thing. That will make you bold. Yes. Say it out loud. I know. I know. He loves me. He loves me. I, know. I know. He has forgiven me. He has forgiven me. I, know. I know. He's made me righteous. Made me righteous. In, Jesus. In Jesus. The Bible said if our heart doesn't condemn us. We have confidence. Toward God. The Bible said the wicked flee when no man pursues. But the righteous are bold. As a lion. Who's bold as a lion? Righteous. Not the guilty. Not the ashamed. Not the condemned. Who? The righteous. the righteous. And by our faith in him, that's the only way we are. And finally, if you're going to be bold, you've got to know. What's four things, at least these four things? You ought to know. Tell me again. You ought to know he's God. And he's good. Secondly. He my he's my father. And he loves me. Not I'm wondering about it. I know it. I know it. What else? He has forgiven me. And made me righteous. In Jesus. He doesn't see my sin. i got nothing to be ashamed of in front of him. Nothing. 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 Boy you could preach for a year on that. Right. And it'd be good. We need it. But you can just accept it by faith, no matter how you feel. And fourthly, if you're going to be bold to walk right on into the throne room and pick up something and take it away. Hmm? How many understand? You come to my house and you get on my Harley and start it up and drive away. (laughs) You need to know somebody. Right? You don't just get on a man's Harley and leave. (laughs) Unless. Unless you got that relationship. And you know. That it's okay. And you know they told you to do it. Right? If they told you to do it. I was at a man's house just the other day. He had four or five nice bikes there. He said, now Keith. Ride them bikes like they're yours. He means it. And we have that relationship. When you know God. And you know what his will is. Here's number four. You know what his will is. You have communed with him. In his word. And by his spirit. You have heard. You know he has given this to me. That's number four. If you're going to be bold to take it, you got to know. He has given this to me. Has He given us healing? Has He given us the Holy Spirit? Has He given us prosperity in the meeting of our needs and and wisdom and, and strength? Then you don't need to bombard the gates and beg and plead that He'd give you some strength. What do you need to do? He's prepared a table. Oh, glory to God. There's people that I have a relationship with that are good cooks. And when they sit the table and they say, come eat. I do not sit there and beg for potatoes and mope and hope that somebody will notice me and put some potatoes in my plate. When they say, everybody eat. It's time to appropriate, brother. Appropriate. Say appropriate appropriate what does that mean it's yeah. there it's been given don't wait for somebody to push it down your throat receive yeah. receive means what yeah. take take some you're not taking it against their will they told you it's yours yeah. Yeah. you would not be bold there's been places I wasn't bold I just kind of sit back because I didn't know I don't know these people they don't know me I don't want to be presumptuous I don't know them oh but when you know yes. you know them yes, sir. they know you There's folks I go to their house. I'll just say hi and walk straight through and go to the refrigerator. And appropriate. Without fear of reproval or anything. Why? I know them. They know me. I know it's their will. Come on, did you hear now? If I thought the least bit that they might begrudge me having something in there, I wouldn't touch it. But I know their will. I know they've given it to me already. How many times do they have to tell me? How many of you tell somebody nine times and then they don't use it and they act upset because they're not using it? That's offensive. How many times have I got to tell you? It's yours. Use it. Use it like it's yours. It is yours. I give it to you. Well, talking ought to be done. Conjecture and theory ought to be over. Wondering about if it's somebody's will or to be done. Now it's just time to uh, go riding. Time to go ride. Blow some leaves off the road. Time to eat and enjoy. Time to receive. Time to appropriate. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries,